Hey, what's up, Tribe? It's Joseph. I want to thank you for tuning in again this week to Tribe Podcast. This was the first Sunday of the new year of 2022. And while the kingdom of God does not move from 20 to 21 to 22, but rather from glory to glory, uh, there's still such significance in a new day. And, um, and I want to make sure that I personally and, and certainly as, as our tribe, um, that we, that we get all of what Yahweh is speaking about in this day. And, and I really believe that this is going to be a year of the Lord's majesty being known. Um, that we read in, in Psalms 93 about the majesty of God. And I just believe that in 2022, His majesty is going to be on full display um, for those that are willing to set their eyes to see and their ears to hear. So I hope this lifts you up and encourages you like it has me. And hope you're having a great week. Be blessed. I've never been one to uh, to when there's a new year to at least at least spiritually, personally. You know, I do just like everybody else. Like this year, I'm going to eat right. This year, I'm going to do this. This year, and I try to convince myself of those things. And it's always great to have a fresh start and to do those things in the natural. In the kingdom, I'm more careful about the new day word because the kingdom does not work in time and space. It didn't go 20 to 21 to 22. That's not how this thing works. It goes glory to glory to glory, everlasting to everlasting, goodness to goodness, faith to faith. And this thing, we limit ourselves because we try to put periods on things that have not, Yahweh hasn't put a period on. We try to start new things because it's time has changed and we think it's our time to change something else. And we, we just live in this world of constraints that are just based on what the earth does and what uh, you know, our time says, and it's not how heaven operates. However, I'll also say that Yahweh in his goodness sometimes comes to a place of our understanding. He always does. He always comes in faithfully. Not that we need to understand something. In fact, we need to just trust and not lean on our own understandings. But truly, when we do that, Yahweh is such a good father, he usually comes in and brings some understanding. And sometimes he gives us context to kind of shoot towards and to aim towards. Last year, he said something about reformation. We know the time that I believe we are in right now is the roaring 20s. And I hope you haven't let go of that. My faith is rooted in that. And I see everything I look at when something goes wrong, when something goes good. I'm not swayed back and forth. I'm not, you know, I'm not double-minded because I was rooted. I believe I came into a covenant agreement with the word that these are the roaring 20s, some of the best days of our lives. This is the start of that. So every day I wake up, this is the best day of my life. And that's not motivational speech. That is truth. The truth in my world. So let's read Psalms 93. I'm going to read it on New King James, and then we'll jump into the Passion Translation. Psalms 93 says this, the Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty. Say majesty. The Lord reigns and he is clothed with, clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed. He has girded himself with strength. Surely the world is established so that it cannot be moved. Surely the world is established so it cannot be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, than the mighty waves of the sea. 
Your testimonies are very sure. Holiness adorns your house, O Lord, forever. Let's read it out of the Passion Translation. It says this, Look, Yahweh now reigns as king. He has covered himself with majesty. Say majesty. He has covered himself with majesty and strength, wearing them as his splendor garments. Regal, regal power surrounds him as he sits securely on his throne. He's in charge of it all, the entire world. Let me say that again. He's in charge of it all, the entire world, and he knows what he's doing. <laughs> he's in charge of it all, the entire world, and he knows what he's doing. Let me say it this way. He's in charge of your life, and he knows what he's doing. Let me say it this way. He's in charge of your children's lives, and he knows what he is doing. He's in charge of your financial situation, and he knows what he's doing. He's in charge of your relationships, and he knows exactly what he's doing. He's in charge in this time, 2022, and he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows the number of hairs on your head, or lack thereof, and he knows what he's doing. Lord, you have reigned as king from the very beginning of time. Eternity is your home. Not 20, 21, 22. Eternity is your home. Chaos once challenged you. The raging waves lift themselves over and over, high above the ocean's depths, letting out their mighty roar. Yet at the sound, yet at the sound of your voice, they were all stilled by your might. What a majestic king filled with power. What a majestic king filled with power. Nothing could ever change your royal decrees. They will last forever. Holiness is the beauty that fills your house. You are the one who abides forevermore. I'm going to tell you what 2022 is, is going to be the year of the display of his majesty and brilliance. That's what I believe about this year. This year, will dis his, his majesty, meaning his sovereignty, his authority, his overall control, rule, his uh, place of being lifted up high, his goodness, his glory, all those things that are all-encompassing under the word majesty are going to be on full display in this year, this actual calendar year. I need a bigger amen than that. Hit the fullness. Listen to me. Listen to me, this is, this is something that if you don't believe, you got to start to believe. I need you to believe. I need us to believe. This world needs you to believe because it's Christ that's within you that is the hope for this whole thing to come to pass. Right? It says, this, the Bible says right here in this, in this passage, it says that what a majestic king filled with power. He is filled with power. We're the vessel for that power to flow. So he can be filled with all power and all glory and all authority, but if his sons and daughters aren't convinced of the power that they possess and the vessel mentality that they are to be, then they'll never fill the earth with the knowledge of his goodness. It doesn't say the knowledge of our opinions. It doesn't say the knowledge of your research. And so if you're more convinced about a diagnosis than his word over your body, then your perspective has been skewed. 
And if you're more convinced of a pandemic than you are the love of God that is shed abroad, that's moving across this entire nation, where not only does he love it, love this nation, love this people, love this earth, but he also cares about this earth and about this nation, about us. If you're more convinced of the pandemic and the fear that goes along with that than you are convinced of the love, then, 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 you, then your perspective has been skewed. And if you're more concerned and more knowledgeable about the polit- political system, the, the rulers of this world, I'm going to put quotation marks over the rulers of this world, if you're more convinced of, of what they have and what power they possess and what the powers of darkness, what, the, what the, the evil spirits or the evil things in this world, if you're more knowledgeable about the darkness, you're never going to be the light. You need to be more convinced and more in belief that this year his majesty, his glory, his goodness, his brilliance is going to stream through us. But, the, but have you seen the world? Have you seen the condition it's in? I've seen this world, but I'm looking at his world. And so there's two differences. There's a, there's a seen world, which is everything that's around you, everything that you see on a daily basis, the things you scroll through and make yourself miserable on a daily basis. And then there's the unseen world, which the Bible talks about clearly. It's a world that was seen at one time, but has since been forgotten. And, and, you know, it's not my job as a pastor to come in here and give you edifying words and lift you up and say, this is going to be the year of his majesty and everybody say amen. That's not why I do this. And I and I and I think that that one of the difficulties in leadership that I've seen from people around uh, around me, not not in my direct path, but that I that I'm associated with is that leadership becomes this role of trying to make sure that everybody stays happy and edified and lifted up. And 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 I realize that those churches become these big, awesome mega churches where it's just an edification, maybe a little bit of challenge there, but when somebody gets mad, we just go back to the you're loved, you're loved, you're loved, and there is absolutely zero, zero, and I repeat, zero wrong with you are loved, you are loved, edify you, lift you up. There's nothing you could do to escape his love, but I'm telling you, there's a generation out there that is sick of being domesticated, is sick of being commercialized, and is rising up saying, I need something that tastes real. I need something that tastes like the unseen. I need something that is full of the Holy Ghost. I need something that has power and authority within it. Your book is good and it's inspiring, but I'm still in the spiral downward and, and, and addicted to things I shouldn't be addicted to and, and looking at things I shouldn't look at and saying things I shouldn't say. But you got a good book and you got a lot of sales. And what's going to start, what I believe you're going to start to see when His Majesty is on full display is places like this Places like Carolina Revival and things like that that are real, that are authentic, that actually are concerned about the Holy Spirit power is that these places are going to start to become mega. And I don't mean that in the sense of just number, but I do believe that numbers are going to be drawn to authentic altars, authentic places of presence, of power, because when his glory is on full display, there's no way you can turn and look away from it. There's no way. 
So we can sit here and go, well, you know, they only had 120 in the upper room. Yes, that 120 is the reason why we and thousands of people across the globe are now on fire with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't meant to stop at 120, and we're not meant to stop at whatever we are. We're meant to be, uh, to be beacons of hope. We're meant to display the kingdom to a degree that people feel within their spirits, I am joined to that people. I am joined to that call here on this earth. And we need to stop shying away from this idea like, well, you know, the only reason that we're not growing or the only reason that we're just a small church is because we're kingdom. No, a lot of times the reason that you're not growing and the reason that we're, we're not growing by numbers or growing in the, in the natural is because we are kingdom religious. It means that we're dogmatic about principles and things that were of a day great that lifted us to a place now. But now, today, he's speaking, and you've got to put to bed these things that you used to think and start to see things with kingdom eyes and see what he's doing right now, or you'll never see his majesty. You'll never see his majesty, which is meant to be on full display in 2022 within the roaring 20s. And when you can see this, when you start to have this mentality, things in your life start to grow because it's outside of a need consciousness. It's outside of a, you, you realize he is, he is majestic, he is sovereign, he is glory filled, he is all powerful, this is his planet, this is his galaxy, I am his son, I am his daughter, this is his building, these, this, these trees outside are his and he's given us authority in this earth. And you realize how that works so you know that I don't really have a need. I, I just, I, I genuinely, if I trust him fully, if my heart is completely trusted that I am a son of God, if I truly believe in his word over my life, his word over this tribe, then how in the world could I be worried about little needs? I have once. I might have temporary needs, but every need will be met. And when you operate in that confidence, you realize I don't have an enemy in the politics. J Joe Biden is not my enemy. Donald Trump is not my enemy. It's just there. <laughs> that, that's systems of this world. I was called to a different world. That's supposed to impact this world. But if I'm too concerned looking at this world, there's no way I'm ever going to impact this world with his world. And we have to shift from the need consciousness to a will consciousness. Not my will, but yours, Lord. That's how we need to, that's how we need to be focused. A lion has no natural predators. And that's not because he whooped up on everybody. A lion doesn't walk around in fear. And one of the most disgusting things I see for me in this time is when you see believers, Christians, people that sit there and testify that my life has been, has been saved, has been redeemed, has been changed by the power of Jesus and Holy Spirit pulsing through my body, and I'm worried about politics walking around like a scared little sheep. It's, it's so contradictory. 
my job is not to, to, to edify you and lift you up by any other means than to remind you that you're a lion, to remind you that you are a son and a daughter of the Most High King, that he reigns and that his words and his promises surely will come to pass and that his majesty is on full display. That's my job. My job is to help you to change the way that you think, to just shift things a little bit more, just think a little bit differently. Well, I'm not, I'm not as full of joy as I feel like I should be. I don't, I don't feel that hope that you say that you feel. I, I, don't feel uh, I don't feel very righteous right now. I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel uh, peace, this peace that under, passes understanding. I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't feel it. That's because when you have a need consciousness, you think of joy, peace, happiness, hope. You think of all of those things as an emotional response. So you're looking for a, a, an outside stimulus to, to start to make those things take place in your life. You're looking for your, your situation to change so that when your finances get in order or when I'm finally healed or when the right person that I believe should be in office is in office and when things are happening like I've been praying about and I think should happen, then that stimulus gives you joy and gives you hope. Oh, what well, now they're in office. I've got hope for the future. Here we go. His glory's coming. And he's sitting there going, not this year. Obviously not. But if you start to look at joy and hope and peace and patience as fruits of the Spirit, if, if you look at these as seeds, and you realize that before you were a consumer of this world and all the other things that are coming at you constantly, you start to realize before you were a consumer, you were a gardener, and you realize that what we were supposed to do and what we were intended to do is if we could shift our thinking about joy and not look at it as an emotional response, but rather a seed that's within our heart that we're meant to water and tend and watch grow, once that thing comes into full fruition, that's not something that can be shaken. And that's not something that needs any kind of stimulus to feel. It's a small little shift in the way that we think about how, how we do life. I think that we, we, we mistake the, the kingdom type of joy for the emotional response of happiness. When he says, I, I've come that you might have fullness of joy. He also says that I'm giving you my joy. He refers to it as his joy will be full in you. He talks about his peace that he will leave, leave with you. His mind. And if it if it's, the, if it's from Christ, if it's from the supernatural, if it's something deeper than the joy and the peace and the things that we know in this natural life, you've got to understand that there's going to be supernatural watering, supernatural tending to that will take, have to take place in order for that thing to come to full fruition. It's, it's, it's impossible impossible for us not to be and the thing is I believe that because we're such we've been domesticated we've been so commercialized as as Christians we're so stuck and we're we're got that shiny object syndrome 
this word and this word and that revelation and that revelation and, and we're just everywhere. That sounds good because it agrees with my opinion and that sounds good because it agrees with my opinion and, and, I, and this gives me a good solid argument to argue Aunt Jeanette over Christmas and this one is, a, is, is good because I can prove my sister wrong about this. You, you start to go, you start to go, that, none of that, none of that matters and the reason that people experience miraculous, extreme power in these Bible stories is not because they're just stories. It's because they did not have other options. When their world was coming down on them, when Yeshua walked this planet and things were way worse than what we experience today, he was not moved by the storm that was around him because he was convinced of the authority and the power within him. He knew exactly who he was and his, and his mindset was not my will, but your will be done. He wasn't going, you know, I need, I need, but I need, but Father, but I need. No, no, no. He was saying, not, not, not my will, Father. Your will be done. I'm only going to do what I watch you do. And I'm only going to, I'm only going to say what I've heard you say. Outside of that, I don't need to do anything. Because you want to know why? There's no power in it. Jesus never filled the earth with his knowledge with just his opinions on the matter. Everything that he spoke was the knowledge of the goodness of Yahweh. That was his will. That was Yahweh's will. On earth as it is in heaven. That comes through us. And I just, I I feel this need this morning. I feel this need in this year to make sure we grab hold of your faces and turn it back towards him and know that it's a new year with the same focus. One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek that I might dwell in his house all the days of my life and behold his beauty in this day behold his majesty and what hope and peace and joy that brings me when I have no other options except the goodness of the Lord. When I have no other options but to see the majesty. When I have no other options but to see his glory reign supreme in this day, in this time, in my own life. I know that the answer at the end of it all is going to be goodness. The answer at the end of it all is going to be yes and amen. And the answer from my heart is always going to be yes, Lord, let your word be done through me. How do we do that? John 15 says, I am a true sprouting vine, and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater har- harvest. He's, he's uh, I think it's Bill Johnson that says it like this, Ben knows. He, he, rewards, he rewards growth with pruning. <laughs> Sweet. But don't be worried about that. He's not, Yeshua's not scared to give you a little success to let some things be revealed so he can cut it back. And don't get so prideful when there's success and there's growth and then something happens and you go, what did I do wrong? No, you didn't do anything wrong. He wants you to grow so he's pruning you. The kingdom works differently. You get low to be elevated. You die to live. This thing is, is, is upside down, spin around, completely opposite of what you see in front of you. And we have got to con- continue to be convinced of an unseen, supernatural, spiritual world that is meant to operate 
naturally in this earth. We are the vessels. So my job is always to be convinced us convince us that we are lions, that we are sons and daughters, that when we walk into a room, things are meant to change. When we speak over situations, things are meant to change. But, but there's a story in, in Luke of, of the, the boy who keeps throwing himself in, in fire and water. Remember, the, the, the father brings him to the disciples. The son, he can't, he can't stop. It says the, the Bible actually calls it moonstruck. That he, was, that he was moonstruck, that he, he just had, he was almost possessed by something. So he kept throwing himself back and forth in the fire and the water. And, and the disciples had just come back from their crusades of Yeshua had sent them off. And they're feeling pretty, pretty, pretty good about themselves. You know, that they're arguing who's the greatest and who's more anointed and who's. And so then all of a sudden this, uh, and so they experience this success, right? They experience that they are doing miracles, and they're doing the things that Jesus sent them out to do. And it's just this really cool, awesome thing. And they come back and this, this boy's brought to them. And, uh, and, and they bring him all hope, all faith, hoping that they can do it. And they can't. And then they bring him to Yeshua. Yeshua heals the boy, casts him out, uh, casts the demon out. And when the disciples pull him aside, and they're like, what's the deal? I mean, I... I was up here. You should have seen this woman back in my hometown that was, I mean, she didn't have a leg and she, it grew back in front of her eyes. We have so many more followers. Look, like, I'm not trying to do this for myself. I'm trying to do this for the kingdom of God. I want to see growth. Things are, I want things to happen. Why am I ha now having to look this father in the eye and say, I can't heal your son. I'm sorry. I don't know what to do. Why? What's going on? And he says this kind of breakthrough only comes through prayer and fasting right I think there's two lessons to that number one when breakthrough doesn't take place when we've declared things when we've spoken over things when we've prayed over things there's no reason that we can't bring Yeshua aside we got to have that kind of relationship we got to be able to question we got to be able to ask but we also got to be able to listen not try to hear with our own ears what we think it should be, what the, what the answer should be, but to be able to step aside and say, Yeshua, look, I, I, it feels to me like, like this is what was going, and I, I don't know that I've done anything, if, if it has revealed this to me, but, but what, what's happening here? And let him take you to another level, because he's saying this, this kind of healing, this kind of breakthrough only comes through prayer and fasting. Do you think that the disciples walking with Yeshua didn't pray and fast? No, they did. But what he's saying is that this day, this time, is going to need even greater. Like we're not stepping back. I need more focus. I need more holiness. Setting yourself apart. Peripoesis. One belonging exclusively to another. I need more of that. I need more of fasting and praying. More focus on me. Not in a religious way. But in a sense of like now we're coming into days where you are going to have to have more. And he even compares that whole faith thing to the mustard seed. I don't think he's talking about if you just have a little bit of faith you're going to move mountains. That, he's saying that within that seed, within you growing it, within you being the good steward over it, that little bit of faith that I'm putting in you is going to give you the confidence, the ability, the growth, the power, the Holy Spirit anointing to start to move things that are the greatest things that could ever exist in your way. It's going to take 
holiness. It's why this is my message does not change over these years. It's holiness. It's one thing. It's the focus mentality. It's the it's not religious, it's a lifestyle. Don't see him as Yahweh if you can't see him as Abba. Don't see him as king and lord if you can't see him as friend. Verse 3 says, the words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you. You must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. This is the answer. How do we grow the seeds of joy, of peace, of happiness? We remain in life union with him. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. I am the sprouting vine and you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. Man, that's good. I mean, if you, if you, see, it, if you see it from the perspective that I'm seeing it today is that the reason I get up here and I constantly say things about politics I know for so many people, it's like, my goodness, could you speak about something else? We got it. We understand. We, yeah, we shouldn't be looking at Facebook. I know. We got it. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. It's not because I, I, I care about politics. or I care about the kingdom of God, and I believe that this is, he, he gave two, two commands. He, he, not two commands, but he gave two warnings to his disciples. Beware of the leaven that exists within the political system and the religious system. So anytime that I'm going to talk about changing the way that we think, I'm going to talk about the politics that are so prevalent, the religious system that's so prevalent in this day. It's my duty. It's my responsibility. It's my call. It's my anointing, and it's my joy. And the reason most people are so frustrated, believers, Christians, whatever you want to call them, people that love, truly love Jesus, truly love, you know, uh, th this, the, the Bible and the Word of God, truly love those things, is because they have allowed themselves to be domesticated, to have a taste for what this world has to offer, and to see it as the most primary thing, which is the goal of the enemy, if you will. And I think that if, we, if we're able to see ourselves how Yahweh sees us, if we're able to see ourselves as who we're supposed to be, who we're called to be, and we can remove all the other options and all the other distractions and focus on his eyes, we realize we don't have enemies. There's no natural predators. It's not a fight that we need to fight. It's laughable to even think I should. But I know in, it, when you're in that world, it seems so vital and so important. It really does. It has the way of pulling you down a, down a path of, of, dis, of distraction and destruction. It has a way of poisoning your mind, poisoning your spirit, poisoning your, your body. And, and this, is not, this is not the life of a believer. 
The life of a believer in 2022 should look like this. Do you see his majesty? Do you see his glory? Do you see his goodness? Do you know why when people are in misery and, are, and, are, and don't know what to do that I am rooted in peace and hope and joy is because somebody has to be so that those people that are living in misery can look towards somebody and say there's something real that exists within them that does not exist within me and I need that authentic thing. I need the real. You're never going to change somebody by agreeing with them. And our goal, our aim is not change, it's love. It's not that we need to put out this whole list of do's and don'ts. It's, our, it's that we let the love of Christ, the kindness of the Lord, change the way that people think. It's the kindness of the Lord that leads men to repentance or metanoia to change the way that they think. It is not the, the opinion of man that changes the way people think. It just doesn't happen that way. And you can, you can foam at the mouth. You can be right. You can be as right as you could possibly be on this earth and not be right enough. Because it's not truth, it's not emmet, it's not all-encompassing truth that, the, that Yeshua came that we could operate in. Verse 9 says, I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. Listen to that. You must continually let my love nor- nourish your hearts. If you keep my commands, listen to that word, if you keep my commands, because we immediately go to law, but listen to this later on. If you keep my commands, you will live in my love just as I have kept the, my Father's commands, for I continually live nourished and empowered by his love. My purpose for telling you these things is so that, your, so that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. That is the scripture in the New King James or NIV or any other that says, my joy I give to you so that it may be full. So this is my command, love each other deeply. Listen, this is my command, love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. For the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated, demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. You show that you are my intimate friends when you obey all that I command you I have never called you servants because a master does not confide in his servants and servants don't always understand what the master is doing but I call you my most intimate friends for I reveal to you everything that I have heard from my father you didn't choose me but I have chosen and commissioned you to go into the world to bear fruit and your fruit will last because whatever you ask of my father for my sake or in my name in my nature he will give it to you so this is my parting command that you must follow to have my joy and my peace and my love and my power love one another deeply remember last time we spoke there was some weird reason that I went back to the revelation of Laodicea the power of connection and the way that Yeshua cannot stand those that isolate themselves and are full of their own pride and their own ways he loves the people that like his father shared unity and he shared unity with his disciples in John 17 he he prays it in his final prayer that we might experience unity together that we might become the body of Christ that we might come into places like this and see the joining and see be able to go to someone and say man you know what I just got this diagnosis you know what man my relationship 
relationship is not, is not what it needs to be? Can you join up with me? Can you stand with me in union? And can we overcome this thing together? Will you give me someone to walk to or walk this with? And it not have to be the pastor up here that has all the revelation and all that. No, my job is to, is to edify you by way of changing the way that you think so that you know that it doesn't take me to pray over you for your situation to change. It takes you. It takes who he's joined you to. It takes the power of Christ pulsing through you to change your situation. It takes life union connected to the vine. And you're going to start to see things take place. I, I can say that. It doesn't, I, I'm, I'm not there by any means. I'm walking this whole thing out with you all. I really am. And there's so many times where I'm like, man, I don't have, I, the fullness of joy is absolutely not there. I'm experiencing anxiety. I'm experiencing worry. I don't know how this is going to play out. I don't know how that's going to play out. But I can tell you as a good, good father, if, he, if you will just go and pull yourself away for just a moment, I mean, it is, it's, it's almost immediate. Almost immediate. That he will come in and that he will faithfully touch that place in your heart that is barren. That he will water that seed that he planted in before the beginning of time. And he will grow you into something that, that you never thought you could be. You experience joy you never thought you could experience. And I find that in places of my life, I experience that. So I know it's real. In places of my life, this place, literally in, in this house, there's a, there's a level of, of peace that I should not have naturally here. There's a level of, of authority and of joy that I have here in this call over this ministry that I I should not naturally have. And it's because I came to a place where I didn't have any other options and my focus was, was completely on him. And that fullness of joy is starting to sprout in my heart. That fullness of peace, that peace that doesn't make sense but is there, started as a seed and has become a, a, a mighty tree in my heart. So let me end with this going back to something that, that should not be forgot, forgotten or, or put aside because I think it, it has got to be in this day of majesty. It's got to be the anthem, the thought process, the focus when you get up in the morning. Isaiah 60 says, Rise up in splendor and be radiant, for your light has dawned, and Yahweh's glory now streams from you. Look carefully. Darkness blankets the earth and thick clouds cover the nations. But Yahweh arises upon you and the brightness of his glory appears over you. What a counterpunch. There's darkness and there's bad things going on and there's the pandemic and there's confusion. In it. But you know what the answer is? It's that his light throughout all of that darkness is streaming through you. That there might be some cloud coverage, but the light is dawning over your life, over your new day, over your 2022, over your glory, over whatever it is. And this day, he is meant to rise up within you in splendor, in radiance, and be glorified in every single situation. 
Nations will be attracted to your radiant light and kings to the sunrise glory of your new day. Lift up your eyes higher. Look all around you and what? Look all around you and what? Man, if Ben is the only one saying this, believe. Oh, my bad. We've had some technical issues today. It's believe. Look all around you and believe. I could look, I saw a few different people like, you say it and then we'll say it. Give us the answer. <laughs> Lift up your eyes higher. Look all around you and for your sons are returning from far away and your daughters are being tenderly carried home. Watch as they all gather together eager to come back to you. So I'm talking about the mega church is shifting to be the real church and people, sons and daughters, are going to be drawn to these beacons of hope, of reality. They're going to be, they're sick of it. I'm telling you, people, this generation are sick of the fake. The, the time is right for the harvest. Back into the kingdom of God that Yeshua himself in this day is rising up, that he is coming back, and I mean that by appearing through us and that he is going to make himself known. His majesty will reign supreme through the lives that we live in his splendor and his radiance and his glory. That people are going to start to see that on you and they're going to be drawn to the authentic altars that you live at. They're going to be drawn to the authentic presence that you get to experience together. They're going to be drawn to the radiance that joins us all together. That we share this common union of Jesus, of Yeshua, of the Christ that joins us all together because there's been a people not scared of waiting because they know that waiting strengthens them. They're not looking to be safe or find safety or be safe and find safety in this world because some trust in horses, others trust in chariots, but I trust in the name and the nature of my God. And, and, they, and there's a people that know that the only safety they can have in this day is found in his wings. And when that becomes the aim and the focus and the, and the, and the heart of a people, you're going to have people going, you know what, I, I, I bowed my knee to this world, but I'm standing back up. And I'm running to the authentic, real expression of the king. And that's only going to be expressed through you and through me and through people that think of this thing as reality, that know this thing as reality and not some Bible story. That they read Isaiah 60 and he said, he's talking about me. Isaiah was talking about me in 2022. He was talking about me on January 2nd, 2022. He was talking about this time and this moment that I would come into this building. And he wanted me to know Yeshua speaking through him, Christ speaking through him, Yahweh speaking through him, Holy Spirit pulsing through him, writing down these words saying that Benjamin Nicholson, saying that Robert Allen and Henry and Steve and all Regina and all of you, that this tribe that this people is going to be sitting there hearing these words come through Joseph and it's going to be for them right now today so rise up in splendor and be radiant for your light has dawned and your and Yahweh's glory now streams from you That's good stuff right there. I told this to the worship team, which you guys can go ahead and come up here. Um, 
I told this to the worship team this morning, and I just said, I, I feel like in this day, we, we, are, we are absolutely, because his majesty is going to be on display, hit him another world, another level of his ways that have been handed to us. We have got to be not stuck in yesterday. And I don't mean yesterday as in 10 years ago. I mean yesterday and is literally yesterday, right? Like, I mean a now today word. You know how the Bible said just there in John 15, Yeshua is telling his disciples, he says, he says, my word has already washed you clean, but in order for you to move forward, I need you to live in life union with me today. So he's saying that, you, yes, I've come to a degree, but I need to come more. I need to be here more. I need to be in life union with you completely every single day. And I told the, the worship team that we have to come to this place of being pliable, but also like that prophetic word we had a long time ago is raising the sails. I think sometimes if you're not in the place of feeling it, just raise up your hands and pretend they're sails. <laughs> I mean, in, in, some, in, in, a, in, a, in a prophetic gesture of I'm just putting my sails up and I don't have another option. If your wind hits them, we're moving on. If your wind doesn't hit them, I'm still leaving my sails up because I know it's coming. Might not happen right away. It might not be every single time we get up here to play a note, every single time that I grab the microphone or whatever else, that it's just the most life-changing, powerful, whatever. All we're here to do is see if a little wind starts to come. And eventually, there's going to be a mighty rushing wind that we cannot do anything except move and flow and be moved by the Holy Spirit. I believe that's happening. And the worst thing that we can do is start to become rigid and be stuck in our ways and to think like the world thinks and, and talk like the world talks. We've got to see him as the majestic ruler king that needs us as sons and daughters to start to water and steward and garden over the seeds of joy, the seeds of hope, the seeds of peace that will come into a tree of power. One of the most frustrating experiences I've ever had with my kids being in school is the day that my son came home to me so disappointed that Donald Trump lost. I know, it's ridiculous. But you, I know that sounds funny, but I was, I was hacked off. I was so mad. Because this is the same boy that talks about seeing trees clap in their hands. This is the same boy that has described in detail heaven to me. And angels. And now all of a sudden you've put your junk in his heart because you disagree with a decision that was made. Right or wrong. You made him aware of the world that's seen in front of him instead of reminding him of the unseen world that lives within him. And Yeshua clearly says that unless you are willing to change the way that you think and become like one of these little children, you'll never enter the kingdom. And he's not talking about one day fly away high and by to heaven. He's talking about you'll never experience the life-giving heaven that is available, accessible, being in, you're being invited to the table of today. So I tell you, unless you change the way that you have currently been thinking about politics, about the pandemic, about the world around you, and you start to see the world that's within you, that's trying to be birthed outside of you because the kingdom is within you, you will never truly enter into the life-giving union with Christ. You were designed to have all joy and all peace and all hope and all radiance and all answers and understanding and, and joy in if you cannot step into that truth. 
We've got to display Holy Spirit. And I'm not talking about praying in tongues. We've got to display the, the power of Holy Spirit. I'm all for praying in tongues, by the way. I've, it's changed my life. Continually changes my life. Edifies me, lifts me up. But, but, but Paul, Paul talks about five words. He talks about being able to speak with words, with speak with power from that place. And we cannot stop ourselves at praying in tongues and saying, that's Holy Spirit. That's not just Holy Spirit. That's an evidence of Holy Spirit in your life. But we are meant to walk in the power and the truth and the, and the, the life-giving, redeeming, re redemptive, healing power of Christ that comes through having Holy Spirit within you. We're going to be washed with that fire. We're gonna be baptized into that fire. And we have got to display that, not through getting in someone's face and shackalacking, but getting in someone's face and giving them a word from the unseen realm, something that they never thought could ever take place in their life. You in a moment heard something from heaven because you weren't looking at the world to give the world answers. If you think about it, it's stupid. Don't look at this world to answer this world. Look at his world, because that is the answer for this world. Y'all stand up with me. Let's worship from this place of, of the majesty that we are going to get to see, that we will see on display in 2022. Look, Yahweh now reigns as king. He has covered himself with majesty and strength wearing them as his splendor garments. Regal power surrounds him as he sits securely on his throne. He's in charge of it all, the entire world, and he knows what he's doing. Lord, you have reigned as king from the very beginning of time. Eternity is your home. Chaos once challenged you. The raging waves lifted themselves over and over high above the ocean's depth, letting out their mighty roar, yet at the sound of your voice, they were all stilled by your might. What a majestic king, filled with power. Nothing could ever change your royal decrees. They will last forever. Holiness is the beauty that fills your house. You are the one who abides forevermore, and we abide in you forevermore. And we say yes, we say amen, we say that we believe, we come into covenant agreement with your word today over us, Father. And we worship you from that place, from that place of your majesty, of your, of your triumph over everything, over every war or every battle in our hearts, in this, in this life, in this nation. You already paid for it. You've already seen victory come. And now we open our hearts to let that victory, that love, that reality stream through us. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this year, but we thank you for the glory that you're pulling us into, that you're beckoning us into today. The time is now. The time is now. The time is now. I've been telling you, but I'm telling you again, the time is now. Step into this holiness that he's calling us to. These kinds of breakthroughs, these kinds of miracles that he's calling us into takes a different kind of prayer and fasting. And I say yes. Will you say yes with me today? Yes. I love you. Thank you for listening to the Tribe Podcast. To learn more about us, please visit our website at tribechurch.com. Oh,